Are you going to open that up on on mic? Why not? <laughs> yes, uh, if, you, if we're, for, or we're having a preamble here, because Corey's opening up a Christmas card. Um, which means it's also the Christmas season, and it means the Wage of Cinema is back. Uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, thank you for coming back to listen to us uh, as we enter into our uh, fifth year, actually. Woohoo! Yay! Yay, we're going to enter our fifth year now. Uh, we've been recording for four years, so we're going to start with our fourth with Just Right. Um, so, I'm, of course, Jack. With me is... Wifely Duty Corey. And also to my left is... Your friendly neighborhood, Matt the Catania. Yes, <laughs> Matt swung in here. Thank you for making that long, arduous, uh, you know, s- spidering yourself in into this. And boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> Man, you should see that one tree that holds up uh, the spider web all the time. <laughs> That's you know, if you think about it, every single Spider-Man movie, like anything with Spider-Man, you never you always wonder like, all right, he needs to keep on like shooting the spider web, but at times he's just like gliding from like wherever he's at, and he doesn't like shoot another one. Where is he going? <laughs> You're not supposed to think about that. No, I guess not. But what we are going to think about, and the reason we're bringing up Spider-Man, is because we watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love, then I saved the city again, and again, and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial, I did a Christmas album, and a so-so popsicle. But this isn't about me. Not anymore. Spider-Man. Swings in once a day, zip zaps up in his little mask and answers to no one. I love you, moms. Yeah, I know, Dad. You gotta say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I, I wanna, wanna hear it. it. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. The um, second uh, Sony uh, <laughs> Marvel movie of the year, which means it's in association with Marvel. And. Uh, Wow. <laughs> I love the shit out of this movie. I'm just going to start that right off. I freaking love this movie so much. Um, that's it. Goodbye. Well, no, no, no. I, I, Corey, what, what's, where do you want to Now, did the Lego, did the Lego people direct this movie or just No, this has, it? this has three directors who... I haven't. Re- I don't really know their names that well. When I look them up online, uh, one of them had, doesn't have a directing credit. One was a director on Rise of the Guardians, which was an animated movie I hadn't seen. You saw the owl one. You saw the owl one. No, no, the owl one. Oh, the Guardians of Gahul. No, owl. that's Guardians of Gahul. Oh, Rise of the Guardians is it was the where... holiday one. Yeah. yeah. No, I haven't seen that one either. Get your franchises correct, Matt. Um, no, but the. What Corey's talking about, the Lego Batman people, and they also did the Jump Street movies, uh, they were briefly on Solo before they did were... Did they do the, the Lego game. movie? Yes, they did. Yeah, the, they directed the Lego movie. They produced and, I think, co-wrote this movie. And I feel like you can feel their stamp on this movie. Yes, yeah, so if you liked the Lego movie and Lego Batman, which I did and all right-thinking people did... You will also enjoy this movie. It is very funny. It also has a lot of heart. It's gorgeous to look at. It's awesome. Oh, oh! I, I have a lot to say about the look of this movie. This is like... Forget about putting aside um, comic book movies. 
the animation in this movie is out of this world. It's revolutionary almost. It's so spiffy, Sony wants to patent the process. Really? Wait, what do you does. mean? Pat Can you explain this, Matt? That there's... They said that the way they animate the film takes, like, four times as long to do most shots than in a typical CGI movie because they're adding in all, like, the Ben Day-style dots. And so <laughs> yeah. they want to get a patent on the innovative process of making it look so stylized. But I'm not sure if they can get it, yeah. but they're uh, trying for it. How do you get a patent on an artistic choice? I'm not like, is sure. It like, uh, is there, like, actual technology they invented to do the movie? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, then that's a bunch of crap. Then yeah. uh, By that logic, like, I don't know, Spike Lee should have a patent on, like, that tracking shot he does in all of his movies. Like, and I should say, though, watching this movie, I was curious about what you guys thought. Um, I was wondering at first, and this isn't a knock against, again, I love the movie so so much but in our theater there were points where i almost wondered if we were watching like a 3d movie but it they just took like one thing off but left like some of the stuff to still look like 3d you mean in parts that look kind of fuzzy at certain points? yeah a little fuzzy and a little bit like i needed the glasses for it to work like this felt like one of the very rare movies where I could have seen myself seeing it in 3D and actually had a good time. I mean, I thought that was just mining a new prescription, but if you saw it too, then... <laughs> Corey, you know. did you know what I'm talking about? Um, I didn't think of it specifically in terms of, oh, this should be in 3D. There was, like, a tiny bit of fuzziness that I saw once or twice. Yeah. I thought that was an artistic choice, though. Yeah, that's what I'm confused about. Like, I, I'll need to see the movie again, and I'll, I'm, I'll be curious if... It was something with the theater, or if it was because that what what tricked me about it is that there are a lot of very wild artistic choices to this movie, um, including what Matt talked about with these what what kind of dots are they? Ben Day dots. Yeah, Ben Day dots. Now, for those of you who you know, even if for you older people, when if when you picked up a comic book back in the day, you might you might notice that especially. You know, you look at comics from like the 60s and the 70s and into the 80s. Comics had these dots, like, kind of all over uh, the pages. Um, maybe it was, was it to do with, like, the printing? Yes, it was the limits of the technology at the time that yeah. to do color, they had to have, like, sort of a, a pre-digital pixelization to the pages mm. when they did the colors. Yeah. And so it looks grainy <clears throat> now when you're watching it almost. Or it looks like, you know when you look at it, certain paintings and you can see the texture of the canvas yeah. in the painting? That's what it looks like. Yeah, this movie's texture is incredible. The way that I can believe if they, if it took them years to animate this because, I mean, obviously they they did probably everything computer, but... It's one of the few times where I've seen a computer animated movie, and I'm like, how'd they do that? How'd they do that? How'd they do that? Uh, in a way, like, something I thought of watching it, I, I can't, I don't know if I would say exactly for the story, per se, but in terms of the look and the combination of different Spider-Men, which we'll definitely get into when we talk about the storyline, I thought of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, as far as, like, kind of pushing how we look at, like, an animated film. I don't know if either of you guys thought of that. No, but it's a good comparison. All right. Um, so, 
to describe what this is and why it is so inc- like amazing, uh, Spiderman. <laughs> Sorry, uh, that was intentional as a pun. Um, this is uh, again, uh, it's it. This actually focuses on a new character who uh, our our kind of main Spider-Man character is Miles Morales. And uh, for those of you who might not know, uh, he was been he's been in the comics now for about uh, what was it like ten years, eight or nine years. More or less. Yeah, maybe a little less. Have than you that. read any comics with him? No. Okay. Yeah, and Miles Morales, uh, what they decide to do um, is that they have now a, a black Spider-Man. Or he's half black, half Puerto Rican. Um, although, as Corey Coleman said, double toasted. No, no, he's black. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can put aside that Puerto Rican side. But uh, he's a young guy growing up in New York. Um of us, uh, what might seem like a small point, but I think is kind of significant, and I thought you might appreciate Corey. Both of his parents are alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he lives with both his father and mother. Yeah. And they live. Spoiler: By the end of this movie, they're still alive. Um, yes. And, which I, I really appreciated that. It is humanly possible to make. A movie, a comic book movie without an orphan. <laughs> <laughs> or not even that, like somebody who only has one parent, because sometimes they do that. Yeah. Um, but no, he's not an orphan. He doesn't have a butler taking care of him. He's just a kid who... Two um, parents. <laughs> yeah, although his dad's a cop. And, uh, you know, he gets bitten by a good old radioactive spider when he's uh, putting up graffiti with his uncle. And he... Uh, soon discovers, hey, I have these spider powers. and But the thing is, this is also a world where Peter Parker still exists as Spider-Man. Although, I don't think it's necessarily getting spoilers. Like, I'm talking about kind of the, the premise of the movie. Um, Peter Parker, in this particular timeline, dies because of uh, Kingpin. If you've seen Venom, you will know that. The best part of Venom was the, the end clip with the scene from the show. <laughs> they showed Peter Parker's tombstone, so this is not technically a spoiler. No, I feel like they probably... I feel like I saw that in the trailer, too. Or a trailer for the, the Spider-Verse movie. It happens early in the movie. So yeah, it, it happens early in the movie, and it leads to what uh, is the main uh, idea here, which is that Wilson Fisk, uh, Kingpin, um, who, by the way, it's really great to see him in this... Um, even though there, I do have a nitpick with that that I'll come back to. He's so big! He, <laughs> <laughs> he is so big! He is basically big. a gigantic... He's basically a brick wall in a suit that happens to have, like, a tiny head. Mounted, like, <laughs> a third of the way down his body. <laughs> <laughs> Which I've seen that design in the comics, and I really thought that was awesome. Yeah, they scaled him down for Netflix. yeah um and uh but anyway so peter parker dies but it comes out of um this whole thing that wilson fisk has planned where he wants to create a use this uh collider collider he wants to use a collider and the collider experiment goes bad and um basically it opens an interdimensional portal and we get lots of different Spider-Man characters from the various universes. So, um... Wackiness ensues. Wackiness ensues. 
what I like actually inherently in the premise too is that I feel like I have to think that there were probably some people, you know, very, probably racist, dumb people out there who were like, you can't have Spider-Man be black. You know, how dare you try to, you know, make this character into another race? You know, what are you doing? And yet the whole idea in this movie is, no, there have been lots of different Spider-Man variations. You can't just hold it to being Peter Parker and nothing else. Every dimension has its own Spider-Man, and there are many dimensions. Yes. Matt, who are some of the dimensional Spider-Men in this? You get um, my favorite, Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. <laughs> voiced by John Mulaney. Yes. yes. Yes, and he does a fantastic job. Yeah. All the voice work here is great. Peter but... Porker. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I actually didn't know that was a real thing. And then I heard that, no, he was like, that was its own comic book in like the 80s. Yep. Really? Yeah. Yeah, there was a Peter Porker comic. It was meant for more like little kids, I think. I gotta get my hands on this. Yes, you do. You gotta get, you mean your hams? <laughs> <laughs> See? All right, who else? Um... You got Spider-Man Noir, who's Nicolas Cage. Which is his second time voicing uh, a character in a comic book movie this year, and I think I like him even more than this yes, but than, in, uh, than we, when it was Superman. Also, go see Teen Titans go to the movies, because that's also really good. Yeah, He's Matt and I saw that, and we didn't review it, but it was uh, it was a fun movie. Uh, All right, who else? we got um, Penny Parker, who's in the, the Spider-Mech suit. With mm. her, and also. is that I guess that's Spider Man like anime or something? No, Spider Man uh, anime is like, or Spider Man Mangaverse is a different character. This is, and like, she's from the future. No, she's not. Well, she said she was from like thirty one, thirty five. Okay, so yes, she's from the future, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Details, Corey. You're a person who paid closer attention to the, to the dialogue than I did. Okay, so she is, yes. This we is bizarre. Will, world. We will never be in this position ever again. So let me just savor it. <laughs> okay, I don't think. Ever Ever in the entire course of our friendship, have I actually known like a plot detail that you don't know, and it will never happen again? Okay, and then you have <laughs> um, Gwen Stacy, the Spider Woman, and who's Haley Steinfeld? I think actually I'm trying to think who's the voice actress for Haley Stein? Yeah, no, but but for for uh, Penny Parker, we didn't say her voice actress. I, she's not really she, uh, a well known actress. Glenn? It's not someone um, I knew. Yeah, yeah, Kimiko Glenn. How do okay. you? Well, see, there you go. All right, you're back you on top. You the throne. <laughs> All right, and then. Um, uh, and then, of course, you have the other Peter Parker. Yes. Who is like, is this supposed to be now? Again, I haven't read this comic book line, but I know of this. Is this supposed to be like the one more day, Peter Parker? I not really. It's because that was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I know, but that was also when Peter Parker is, like, an adult and has, like, lots of drama. Um, I mean, it's kind of that premise, but without selling your soul to Mephisto to erase your marriage, because here he just gets a divorce like a regular guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is just, yeah, because what happens is you have Peter Parker in this universe who, for some reason in this one, Miles Morales, when he he's blonde... <laughs> Yeah. Is Peter Parker ever blonde in the comics? Um, when he's his spider clone, he dyes his hair blonde to differentiate himself from the non-clone Peter. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so basically you have another version of Peter Parker uh, voiced by uh, Jake Johnson, and he's like the schlubby 
I'm like eating burgers, uh, Peter Parker. He's midlife crisis Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who's again divorced. He, you know, and and again when they introduce each character, it's great because, in a way, part of the style too of this at times. I have to wonder if like Ang Lee will ever watch this movie and he'll be like, oh, so that's how you do a comic book style in a movie, because yeah. <laughs> this is super 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 comic booky where like you literally have at times like the character's thoughts in like bubbles on the screen yeah and then they will literally have like a comic book slap on the table to show you like oh here's this character's comic book line and then like they run through their like life story in 30 seconds it's so cool yeah and like i said nicholas cage is 30s detective Spider-Man. Oh, and it's amazing. That, that line of dialogue he had about, like, something about the moral ambiguity of his violence. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. 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 Was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> ever. Uh, I don't know if it was one of the funniest things ever, but it was definitely pretty awesome. This is the best thing that Nicolas Cage has done this century. <laughs> It's not, I don't know, I still think Bad Lieutenant is better. Oh, anyway, <laughs> so the point is, now Miles Morales has all these other Spider-Men uh, in his life, and, you know, he's got to also worry about, you know, it's his origin story, too. So he's trying to become uh, the Spider-Man, uh, the new, I guess, young, whatever he's going to be. Um so if you're sick with Spider-Man origin stories, this is not the motion picture for you. <laughs> no, but you know what, though? I, I'm going to just say it. This might be my favorite Spider-Man movie. Mine, too. Ah, yeah. High five. It was so good. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what it is? This movie is the best one of them that's about being Spider-Man. I feel like it really channeled... Because you know, we talk about, like, you know, again, this is a movie with Phil Lord and Chris Miller of Lego Movie, but it's also got a lot of heart to it. Like, it doesn't skimp on, you know, even though it's kind of about the whole idea of your origin story, it, it also is being one at the same time. Because he, you know, Miles Morales has this very, even though he has both of his parents, he has kind of an uneasy bond with his dad and he's he's away at like is it is it kind of, is it boarding school yeah because yeah. he but even though it's a boarding school in the city yeah which is kind of weird like usually you send someone to boarding school and it's like far away here it's like boarding school it's like a few blocks from like their house <laughs> and it's like crazy boarding school where there's security <clears throat> guards that get mad if you leave at night which is like insane well i, I assume that maybe you're not maybe if you're I, there, you're not supposed to leave. I don't know. I just night. think that, like, if you live in Brooklyn and you go to, like, a school in Brooklyn, you could just be allowed to go to Brooklyn. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't know strange boarding school ways. I'm, well, I I'm, guess. Well, I'm yeah. guessing, too, they never say his age outright, but he's. But there is that joke when the morning after he becomes Spider-Man, he's at school. Right. He's all like, I I'm going through through puberty. And you uh, know, when he... He doesn't want to go to the boarding school, so we asked, like, why couldn't I just stay at Brooklyn Middle? Yeah. So, I would assume he's supposed to be, like, an old middle schooler. Right. Yeah, like, he. well, again, he's, on, he's maybe 12, 13, right. maybe 14, so he's, like, even younger than Peter Parker was when he started. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm just wondering, like, he clearly doesn't like living there, so I don't understand why he couldn't just, like, commute into his special charter school instead of having to stay there overnight. Yeah, it, that's what made it weird that, like, his his parents, they seem to, you know, not be, like, you know, it'd be one thing if they were, like, very distant or emotionally cold, but they, you know, there's that whole gag that you also see in the trailer where the father is drops off the kid and has the, the cop horn his, like, Say you love me. No, Dad. Say you love me. No, Dad. Say I love you. I love you. <laughs> um, but no, what I mean to say, though, is that it it has the heart of when you have that Spider-Man story at its best. And without getting into too many spoilers yet, the movie also, it has certain twists that, I don't know, there was one thing I didn't really see coming, and I guess I could try to question some of the stuff with this character, um, but we'll say that for the spoilers. Yeah, uh, but it also—it's again—it's—it's it's a, it's a very tricky thing, like with the Lego Movie, where um, you know it's very much embracing everything to do with the mythology of this. Also, Lego Batman was this way too, um, and then when it comes time though to really make it like a real story. I, it, it, it's very touching. Like they, the, the voice actors really brought it. Um, there's, uh, this, the actor who plays Mal Morales named Shamik Moore, who, uh, has been in a few things. He was actually in that movie Dope. I don't know if you oh, that was that such one. a good movie. Yeah. Was, who was he in Dope? Was he the lead? Uh, yeah, he was. Malcolm Adekanbi. I'm probably messing that name up. He was the main character in Dope. That's so cool. Dope was a good movie. Yeah, and he does a great job voicing voicing him here. There's a lot of great voice actors here. I mean, again, Jake John. Actually, I did. Uh, here's a question, Matt. So P- apparently, there were two actors for Peter Parker. Um, I'm guessing Jake Johnson is the kind of. Do we say Elseworlds, Peter Peter Parker or other multiverse Peter Parker? He's called Midlife Parker. Midlife Parker. Yeah, Midlife Parker, I guess, is voiced by Jake Johnson. The other Peter Parker who's, you know, he's only in the, for a few scenes is uh, Chris Pine. That's Interesting. Cool. Yeah. I'm a Marvel and I'm a DC. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, the the story itself is is really solid and entertaining, but then... Yeah, the animation in this, man. When they show them, like, this multiverse, wow. I don't know, I have words for it. It's just yeah. the kind of ex- literal, I don't know how to say it. It's like an explosion of colors. And it. I almost feel like if they tried to do this in live action, it might have not looked as good. Like, they're, like the artists and animators are able to just let their minds just completely run wild. I also loved there are a few scenes where characters glitch because they're not in the universe they're supposed to be, and it looks amazing. Yeah, there, there's a ticking time element that they use because, and I think they had to do that because then you would just ask yourself, well, out these Spider-Man characters just stay in the same world? Yeah. Um, and all hang out together. Yeah, and have, like, a clubhouse. One permanent spider party. It would be like the Big Bang Theory, only good. <laughs> <laughs> the Big Spire Theory. Um, but, no, they have this glitch in here as a way of, you know, if they stay here, they're going to disintegrate. And 
we've already had one Spider-Man disintegrate this year. And, uh, <laughs> and I don't think audiences could take seeing it again. Um, ah, that's a whole other discussion. Um, yeah, there are a lot of great voice actors, too, in the movie. I'm looking at uh, uh, Mahershala Ali uh, plays uh, Miles' uncle. Uh, Liev Schreiber is Wilson Fisk. Um, we mentioned John Mulaney. You also have Zoe Kravitz as Mary Jane. Catherine Hahn. We didn't even talk about this character. No, but that's a spoiler, maybe. Is it? I didn't know uh, about it. If I didn't know no, about it, No, you're right. I, I didn't. I mean, it's not a spoiler to say it. She plays the villain of the movie. Or a villain. A villain. Yeah, a villain. Oh, Lily Tomlin is uh, Aunt May. So that was kind of nice. Uh, oh, Lake Bell. I didn't even recognize her voice. And, of course, the final... Uh, no, actually, this isn't the final Stanley cameo, but I, I told Corey this after the movie. They shouldn't do another Stanley cameo. <laughs> they kind of ended it perfectly. Yeah, this was a high note for him to go out on. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if he knew that like before doing the voice for this, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else I... <clears throat> it, sometimes this is one of those cases where it's almost harder to talk about because it's just I want to just gush all over this movie. Um, what other things I want to talk about with this. Um, oh, here's something to talk about with you, Matt. So, when you say that you, you kind of said, like me, you think it might be the best Spider-Man movie, do you think that it treated all of the Spider-Man mythos really correctly? Um, I mean, it changes things a little bit, but I'd say overall it was a good blend of various Spider-Man mythoses, and they picked the best parts out and, like, you know, showcased other types of Spider-Man things beyond just the regular Peter Parker stuff so that it gave you a better taste for, I guess, the whole concept of Spider-Man. It's not limited to just the traditional thing you get. Yeah. You have mm -hmm. a wider variety to choose from. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it, it treated it with respect, but at the same time, it also could poke fun at it. And that's a really tricky line to, to sometimes manage, I think, because... Um, you know, like for example, Deadpool two. You know, I really enjoyed Deadpool two, but at, at the same time, I feel like that's a movie where it's poking fun itself so much that maybe the the dramatic story kind of suffers a little bit. But I don't feel like that's the case here, and it might just be all the more incredible because it's you know it's an animated movie. <laughs> like how the animated movie is somehow better than Spider Man two. <laughs> I I know how you feel about Spider Man two. Um, it's funny, like, they even make a joke really early in the movie where they're first introducing Peter Parker. They make a Spider-Man 3 joke. <laughs> what was the Spider-Man 3 joke? They show him, like, dancing down the street. Huh. You know, like, when he did that in Spider-Man 3, and, you know, like, everybody makes, you know, thinks it's terrible because, God forbid, Spider-Man, like, Peter Parker acts goofy. I like that scene. I'm sure I've I like it. it, too. I'm sure I've you said know, it on the podcast three. before. You know, that's a case where... You know how you've kind of argued about uh, that using Hallelujah and Watchmen, and I feel like you're kind of crazy for really loving that? Yeah. I think that's me, but with this, with Peter Parker dancing and acting all, like, emo mad in uh, Spider-Man 3. I think that's the whole point in that yeah. movie. And you people listening who don't get Spider-Man 3... <laughs> Still has the best cinematic venom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have as bad a venom let's put it that okay way. Yes. um 
Sadly, we're gonna get more of that venom because that movie made a whole lot of money. Made all the bank. Uh, we made we made all the money. Thank you, China. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. Final any final thoughts before we move on? Maybe the spoilers. Um, just but this was spectacular, and you should swing into your local theater to see it as soon as possible. It's a great family movie. It's a great movie also for kids who. Um, what I like too. The other thing I want to mention about paying, you know, respecting Spider-Man, I feel like even if you've only maybe seen a couple of the, like you should see a, at least a couple of the movies and have a general knowledge of Spider-Man before seeing this. But I felt like as somebody who's read some of the Spider-Man comics, but not a whole lot of them, I wasn't really lost. It doesn't make it difficult for someone who's not like an obsessive to, to enjoy the movie. And do you feel that way too, Corey? I, yeah, I think basically you can engage in this movie at any level. Yeah, it's, yeah, you can engage at it because it, and what it does too, it doesn't get caught up in like the minutia of explaining stuff either. It just tells it to you very quickly. It does it very fun it, with a lot of charm and all the colors are especially bright too. That's another thing about this movie. The color palette's great. Oh, and the soundtrack. What'd you say, Corey? You white person, what'd you say when this movie ended about the soundtrack? Well, person who is equally as white as I am, I said, this soundtrack is banging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I didn't grow up in Sussex County. Jack, you grew up really white. That's true. Jack loves to make fun of how white I am, even though he is also a member of the Caucasian persuasion. I uh, Yeah, that's, that's true, but... Uh, but no, I want like Black Panther. I also I want to get the soundtrack for uh, for this movie, and yeah, it says a lot that like this movie actually edges above Black Panther as like the best comic book movie of the year. There was more deaths in it than I was expecting. Yeah, um, I don't know if I'd put this above Black Panther. I don't know. I'm torn. Mm. You'd put it above Black Panther. I think I would. I'm torn. I don't know. I still. It's hard for me to say. I still think I might give Black Panther the edge over this only because um, I should say that the character arc of Black Panther um, is maybe slightly edged out by like the character arc of all the spider people in this movie. But I think Killmonger in Black Panther is so good mm. that I might give I still might give yeah. Black Panther the edge. Mm. I think ranking movies on top of each other is a silly artificial construct anyhow. Uh -huh. <laughs> so you should just be able to enjoy them no, both uh, no, no. one's better than the other. No, I think, no, my way of saying that is that I also, you know, like Black Panther a lot. This is my way of paying Spider-Man a compliment not to put down well, Black Panther. It's to say that... Like, I didn't think it could get better than Black Panther. I certainly... And oh my god, this movie is... Like, you know, Black Panther, again, an extremely enjoyable, really well-done comic movie. I feel like Into the Spider-Verse is actually trying to push the medium forward of, of like, animation, certain, which is, like, something. Sorry. A certain jack-shaped person actually ranked every comic book movie he saw this year from one to seven. Would you like to share that ranking? <laughs> no, I'm not going to torture guest star Matt no, with that. No, rank. No, yeah. then Matt will say I'm an artificial construct as a human being. <laughs> rank for us. Uh, all right, all right. Going from the bottom to the top. All right. Venom 
Infinity War, Ant-Man, the Wasp, um, Deadpool 2, Teen Titans Go, Black Panther, Spider-Verse. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when you yeah. list. Any any other thoughts before we get into spoilers, Corey? No. Um, this movie's really awesome. Go see it. Yeah, and also don't be thrown off by it being an animated movie. That's... That's the one other thing, too, I wanted to ask you guys. Do you think this will struggle to really get as big an audience as, like, the other Spider-Man movies because it's a cartoon? I hope not. I hope not, but maybe some people would dismiss it and say, like, oh, it's a cartoon, it's for kids. Yeah, that's why I worry about is that, like, as big as Spider-Man is, he has to be, I guess, a character, like, a man on screen. And yet this movie shows you, like... I think it also is significant for me just because there have been a lot of animated movies based on comic books. A lot of them go direct to video, and they're usually, they're, it can be pretty good, a lot of them that DC puts out. But Marvel, like, they never put out, like, anim they, maybe they put out animated movies maybe, like, years back. Yeah, they used to. They stopped yeah, they, that. they did. I remember they actually did. Actually, I remember that was how I got introduced to the Avengers because they were like there were a couple of Avengers animated movies that came out years back. Anyway, but this also is you know breaks ground on as a Marvel animated movie. So Marvel conquers its own universe and it conquers animation. Was this movie super expensive because the animation was so complex? Could have been. I, I, I didn't actually look up the budget, but that's a good question, Corey. I would think that. That might have been a risk, too, the fact that they're pouring so much into this. Maybe that's why, though, the other thing, too, they're bringing this out at Christmas time. So maybe they're hoping that, you know, an audience that would usually go, like, to Star Wars at this time will instead go see uh, see this. That's really interesting, because this is, like, a really top-tier animated picture not made by Disney, even though Disney technically owns Spider-Man through Marvel. Um, is that a little complicated though? Because again, this is still Sony, and don't they own Sp Spider-Man? They, they sort of kind of own Spider-Man. But I mean, like, I was just thinking how, like, you know, how we're talking earlier, how Disney basically has dominion over like all pop culture at this point, and so you'd expect Disney to be the one to make the animated Marvel film. Yeah. But then Sony is the one who's making the animated Spider film, and they've had very ups and downs as far as getting Spider-Man characters onto the big screen in recent years, but then here they knock it right at the yeah. park. See, um, and this should also be a note to, uh, to, to, to Lucasfilm, you know, don't kick Phil Lord and Chris Miller off of your movie. They, they will bring you the goods. If you I, kick off Phil Lord and Chris Miller and bring in Ron Howard, blandness will be the yeah, rule of the day. Think about how much better that piece of crap solo would have been if... <laughs> I still don't know if I'd call it a piece of crap, but it was kind of a mediocre movie. Yeah, Lord and Miller, do they have basically a perfect batting average? They yep. have a pretty damn good batting average. And, you know, it's like you start off your like movie career with Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. It's fantastic. Yeah. I've is, never seen it, which I so know. Oh, good. man. Oh, Oh, you're what you're missing out on I some know. amazing stuff. It's in that full movie. of puns. Too. It's yes, full of puns. puns. It's like also was it was Terry Crews a voice in that movie or who am I confusing the, yeah, that Terry with? Yeah, Terry Crews is a voice in the second one. Oh, I didn't see the I second think the, one. The second one's really good. I have them both on oh, DVD. Okay, the budget was ninety million, which is I guess average for 
right. movie. All right. That's very doable. All right, let's move on to spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled uh, by stuff in this movie, uh, anyway, like I said, go see it. Um, you should uh, pause here. You think you're the only people who thought to come here? Hey, fellas. Is, is he in black and white? Where's that wind coming from? We're in a basement. Wherever I go, the wind follows. And the wind it smells like rain. Hi, guys. This could literally not get any weirder. It can get weirder. I just washed my hands. That's why they're wet. No other reason. Okay. Uh, and if you don't care, or if you have seen the movie, uh, you can press on after this point. Okay. Um, here's a question, Matt. Okay. So, Mahershali, is he playing Spawn? No, he's playing the Prowler. Now, but did Todd McFarlane, did he rip off the look of the Prowler for Spawn? Yep. I thought so. Like, watching this, I'm like, wait, that, that's Spawn. What's Spawn doing in this movie? Because it's also... Uh, let me ask you, when the Prowler first came out in the comics, was he also a black guy? Yep. Wow, so Todd McFarlane's kind of a hack. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay because the Spawn is is the Prowler plus Venom. <laughs> mm, yeah, the manner of speaking, yeah, I guess. But then it's funny because in the comics, after Spawn became a big hit, Spider-Man introduced their own ripoff of Spawn called Nightwatch. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, so, I think I've heard of Nightwatch. Didn't that didn't that get its own line too? It, no, it had like one short-lived comic. Oh. And but there was a rumor that Spike Lee was going to direct a Nightwatch movie. I, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, and he said that's not happening anymore. Now. Oh, it's not. He was actually attached for a while, and he I think just a couple months ago said it's dead. Okay, that's fine. Wow, that yeah, because I saw an article about that, or like Spike Lee's attached to do a Nightwatch movie. I'm like. Spike Lee doing a comic book movie, really? But this is actually not the original Prowler. This is the ultimate Prowler, who was previously seen in Spider-Man Homecoming as Donald Glover. Oh, wait, what? The character Aaron Davis, who is the ultimate Prowler, was played by Donald Glover in Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, so... Oh, this is where it gets kind of confusing. Because... So, so in this... Un so in the universe of... But, wait, wait but in... But here's but here's the question then in the Miles Morales comics, but is Aaron uh, Davis is he character in that? Yes, he's and the Prowler he... in the Ultimate Universe. But oh, but he was a different Prowler back in like the nineties. Now the the original Prowler is Hobie Brown. Hobie Brown. Uh, see, this is why I have you on, Matt, yeah, to explain this shit. <laughs> As this was the, the main universe, and this is so, kind of like the ultimate. So, universe. so my point, so my question, so are so I guess if they do another Spider-Man movie, they might have Donald Glover as the villain as Prowler. It's possible. I wonder if they're going to do that after this movie. I have to. I, maybe they are. Or um, I don't know what will I, happen. They probably but. wouldn't until they introduce a Miles Morales character into it. Mm, yeah, if they just introduce Aaron Davis without Miles Morales, that wouldn't make sense. Well, I mean, the, because they, he's his uncle. Well, they have. He said, remember, he's like, I don't want the, the vulture having these, like, weapons in my neighborhood with my um, cousin, or wasn't uh, my my nephew, Miles, around. But he said something like that. Oh, he mentioned that yeah, in Homecoming? Yeah, he did. Yeah, and then oh, he, I forgot about that. Yeah, and then he was worried about his ice cream melting. 
And it was sad because no. Yeah, well, because when I watched the because when I watched the movie, it was just like, oh, Donald Glover's in this. That's yeah. cool. But no, he he was there because he's playing a much bigger character. Not that much bigger, but <laughs> I, I get it. If they introduce Miles Morales, yeah, he'll be do. more important. I don't, but that's the other thing too. I wonder how. Like, you have Miles Morales in this animated universe, but then you're also going to bring him into the MCU. I don't know. See, that's the thing. I don't know if they're going to have that's Miles Morales be, that, in the MCU because the, the Peter Parker they have in the MCU is already a young high school kid. So he's going to be a lot of overlap with Miles Morales this is if where, they bring him in at the same time. This is where, like, right stuff gets really tricky. Because, like, cause does Marvel own Miles Morales? Yeah, but I think... They loaned him to Sony for this movie. Well, I no, I think that Sony has a blanket um, thing over all Spider-related characters, so they got him by default, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, I think Marvel could put him in the MCU, they just chose not to because of, like, whatever licensing deal they decided, like, it's easier just to do Peter Parker than have Miles okay. Morales for whatever reason. All right. So my point is, the Prowler is a character in this movie. Yes. <laughs> and he's, uh, and does he work for Wilson Fisk in the comics too? I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, that leads me to, uh, you know, I mostly think this movie is largely great, you know, almost perfect. What might keep it from being perfect, and this might sound like a nitpick, I wish they had gotten Vincent D'Onofrio to voice Wilson Fisk. <laughs> oh my God, that would have been so awesome. And... And I read actually that they tried to do this but it didn't work out. They should have gotten Toby Maguire to voice one of the peer yeah. partners. It may be the first one. What is he? It's not like he has anything <laughs> else to do at all. Maybe he's like running lots of card games. <laughs> has he, Isn't that like what he used to do with like Leonardo DiCaprio? Has he been in a movie in like a decade? <laughs> the last time I saw him in something was The Great Gatsby. He might oh, have yeah. been something since then, oh, but yeah. that was the last time I remember. I kind of like that movie, actually. But I don't know why you couldn't get Tobey Maguire for this. And again, it's not that you know Chris Pine and Jake Johnson... I actually... They should have kept Jake Johnson, maybe for his part, but had Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker... Uh, do we call him Peter Parker Prime? No. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you could, but I don't. All but right. Or, to... or I guess in the movie, isn't it... The one in the main universe is Peter Parker, but then the other one's Peter B. Parker. Yeah. He was in Boss Baby, Toby Maguire. I just looked him up. Well, he's making that Boss Baby money. Uh, okay, so... So, but my point is, like, if they had brought either of those guys in, then this would have been perfect. Yeah. And so do you want to talk about Doc Ock now? Okay, yes. So Doc Ock is in this movie, but I guess as a way of... You know, again, you have Spider-Man in this movie, but, you know, he's a black kid. This Doc Ock is a woman, and voiced by Catherine Hahn. Uh, her name in this is Olivia Octavius. And it's kind of a nice surprise, because at first you just think, oh, she's, like, the the typical nerdy, um, you know, d- uh, scientist lady. Um, maybe, like... Although it's funny as you think about it in uh, Venom, that character was in that movie too. Only they didn't do anything with that character. No. Yeah. It's, um, the, uh, um, what was it, Jenny Slate in that yeah, movie? Jenny yeah. Slate. They did nothing with Jenny Slate in this. In this, the big reveal is no, I'm actually, is she the daughter? She, no, she's just that universe version of Dr. Octopus. Oh, oh, okay. I thought maybe she was related or something like that. 
I don't think they they have a male Doctor Octopus in that universe. I think it's just that is the only one. Oh no, but I'm saying that I thought that maybe in the way that time has moved a little bit more, and like Peter Parker is now like a man, that maybe like Otto's daughter is taken on the mantle or something. No, but no, they didn't do that no. though. Actually, I like that better. Yeah, she's uh, she's awesome. Yeah, I liked her a lot. Yeah, <laughs> she's what I love too is that she's like. Not unlike Otto, who's very like melodramatic, she's just like loves playing with like the uh, her you know victims. She just like will come be like, oh, isn't that cute? Look what you're trying to do. You know, she has that tone to her. Um, yeah, she's a lot of fun. Uh, I like. I almost wish she could have been in the movie a little bit more, but they give her a really great action sequence when they're like outside in the woods out of the uh, facility. Um, and, uh, yeah, she, she was, uh, pretty awesome. I forgot now how she, like, is she going to be, I wonder if she'll be in another movie. Does she, like, die in this she movie? She gets hit by a bus in, like, the crazy portal zone, but you don't know oh, if yeah, that's yeah. or not. Yeah, the climax of this movie is crazy, because it's basically all the Spider-Man characters fighting Kingpin and these other henchmen. <laughs> and it's like they're fighting in, like, complete anarchy, like, visual anarchy around them. Um, actually, that's something that occurred to me, Matt, in a weird way. This is, like, Spider-Man with, um, early on the Ninja Turtles cartoon when they had the, uh, hot, the, the teenagers. The neutrinos? Yeah, the neutrinos, who, you know, came from another dimension. It's like, we just want to stay here and have fun! <laughs> Um, yeah, this is the Spider-Man Neutrinos movie. That's put on the poster. (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah, the whole thing with uh, Prowler, though, that's a really great uh, thing that they do because it, it puts a nice twist also on the whole idea of your uncle is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Were you, how'd you feel about that, Corey? Because you, you were actually kind of moved by this movie. Oh, at the very end. So, what happened was, while I was actually watching the movie, you know, I was really into it, but then when it was over and we were sitting through the credits, I had a slightly delayed emotional response, hmm. where I actually, like, missed it up a little bit. Hmm. And I was like... It got to you. Feelings. Well, there's this closing caption, too, where it's like, to Stanley and Stan Ditko. Steve Ditko. Yeah. <laughs> you can see how moved I was by it. <laughs> where it was like, um, anyone who like does good things is a superhero and Spider-Man is not alone. Yeah, that was the Stan Lee quote. It, it was probably a more pointed quote than that, but yeah. you get the idea. And I was just thinking about, you know, the band of brotherhood between all these spider people and yeah it got to me a little bit yeah well well you were thinking about stan lee as well um but yeah i the stuff with uncle aaron was really good because i agree with my father that i never want to see another uncle ben scene again like in my life yeah and this movie movie gives you that like for like a second literally I've had a lifetime of Uncle Ben, so I'm ready to move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the movie knows that, though. 
you know, like you, you can't do, they've done now the uncle Ben scene twice, you know, in the first Spider-Man, then amazing Spider-Man. And, you know, it becomes almost like, um, what rewatching Charles Bronson, like in death wish, like his family, get killed. <laughs> like how many times can we watch your family get killed? Charles Bronson. <laughs> it's, it's like getting tired. Um, no, I was really moved, too. I was moved also by they did really well with the father-son relationship. Yeah. Um, they really brought that home. Like, they had... There's, like, just this really quiet scene where the, the father comes to the door and um, through, a, through a number of reasons, uh, Miles is, like, kind of tied to a chair. Um, and his mouth is covered with webbing. Yeah, so, so the talk. father thinks he just, the son doesn't want to talk to him, and the father just kind of tells him about, you know, how he thinks he can be, you know, a, good, a really great guy. You know, he, he knows his potential and all that. And it's like that kind of scene that helps push him just a little bit further to, you know, become Spider-Man. Um, and, uh, yeah, and I found that just a really well-done moving moment. Like that... You know, certain animated movies, they sometimes will try, especially for kids, they sometimes try to work in some of that emotional stuff. They try to have moments where, oh, isn't this a heartwarming scene? But a lot of times it can come off kind of phony. This almost reached, like, Pixar-level good. You know, when Pixar does that right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, should I have counted Incredibles 2? As what? As a comic book movie. Mm. Nah, never mind. It's not based it's, on a comic book, is it? No, no, I guess not. All right, that doesn't count. Oh. Um, anyway, I don't know what other stuff involving spoilers there can be. Oh, here's a question, Matt. Do you think like I get? Do does the movie tease that these characters might come back in another movie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I hope at, so. at the very end, they had like a thing where Miles is sitting in bed, and all of a sudden, like. He sees the multiverse, I guess? Maybe? I don't know. Kind of. He kind of connects with it. So he puts his headphones on, and he connects with the multiverse somehow. How did that work, Matt? I don't know. I didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> that was just a thing I guess they did at the end. Um, it's like, I, you know what it is? That's like a good version of the end of Batman v Superman, where they end on the shot of, like, inside the coffin where you see, like, dirt rise for, like, a split second, and then it cuts away, because they uh, wanted to be all so clever. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, there's, like... Oh, and there's also a post-credit scene, which... So even in, good. Even in the spoil... Even as far as the spoiler section, I don't want to say what happens It has in to it. speak for itself. Yeah, you just have to wait for it. But what I was telling uh, Matt when you were in the bathroom, Corey, just before we started recording, you know who does the voice of Spider-Man in that scene? No. Oscar Isaac. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he plays Miguel O'Hara. That's funny. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, just... Uh, let me just put it this way. I hadn't heard Matt laugh that hard in, like, a long time. <laughs> like, the theater shook from his laughter. In that scene. Um, yeah, like I, like I said, I don't know what else I can say about this. Just because it's almost the kind of thing where you should just go to see it yourself and you 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 get like the full like Hi. original scope of animation oh my phone just did a thing um 
And it's just incredibly innovative and extremely creative. Uh, the whole that whole process, whether it's going to be patented or not, uh, really worked well for this movie. Um, and again, like as I said, this would be like that rare movie that if you um, obviously you should just see it in standard projection, but if you do see it in three D, I don't think you would be cheated by it. I think it has a lot of layers to how the images work in it, and I would be curious how it would look in three D as well. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have any thought on that. I am anti-3D no matter what, so. <laughs> I think for animation sometimes it makes a little more sense because they're more, like, colorful and they're not dark and grimy. I am a 3D absolutist. It is always bad. Always, 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 always. Mm. You're, you're like the one, you're like one of the apes in the Planet of the Apes movie who's like, all men bad. <laughs> yes there is no nuance in my black and white world i am like noir spider-man <laughs> <laughs> oh by the oh by the way there's a great gag involving a uh, a rubik's cube uh and so that's, good that's all i'll say and that was part of the delight for uh nicholas cage um yeah. So, any any final thoughts, you guys, about this movie? Um, I wish it would have had more Tombstone and J. Jonah Jameson, but other than that, it was really great. Yeah, it was J. Jonah Jameson wasn't in this, right? He was in the end scene. Oh, oh, oh! The very you mean he's, the post credits? In the post credits scene, so it fulfills my requirement of having J. Jonah Jameson in it to be a worthwhile Spider-Man film. <laughs> <laughs> So I yeah, this is a case where you want to wait through the credits. Also, just because um, they they actually just have a great first uh, credit scene. Like the animation in that was really well done too, uh, in a different way. And then the, you know you have a good soundtrack also going through the end credits. Like sometimes you just have like a kind of depressing score or a typical score. This had really good songs in the end credits, so you get to go that scene. Um, yeah, this is like, not even, this is one of the best movies I've seen this year. Yeah, it's got an original Christmas carol in it. Oh yeah, there is kind of like a Christmas moment in it, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. Good times. Noodle salad. Good times Spidey salad. <laughs> yes, if this will make you love Spider-Man all over again. Like, if you thought that you got your Spider-Man fill with Homecoming... You, you haven't seen anything yet. Yeah, and I liked Homecoming a lot, too. Yeah, me too. Like, Homecoming was one of my was one of the Spider-Man movies that I thought got right. So, yeah. But this one gets an even more writer. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's a word I'm patenting for this one. Well said, Spider-Jack. Yay, Spider-Jack. I'm sticking to you. I can't get off. I'm stuck. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. You're need... stuck in my web of love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you're just being cheesy. Yeah. Um, all right. If you've seen this movie, uh, please uh, send out any of your uh, Spidey thoughts. Uh, we can't read all of your thoughts with our Spidey senses, unfortunately. So go to your keyboard and type in wagesofcinema at gmail.com or we're on Twitter and Facebook. Matt, where can you be found? I can find me at uh, mattvcatania.wordpress.com. And don't oh. put a doobly-doo linky thing so that you don't have to remember or figure out how to spell that at all. Yes, you can also just look, uh, if you are struggling with that too, he's also on Facebook and Twitter uh, at uh, Matt V. Catania. Um, and you can check out his blog anyway, because his blog is filled with uh, the kind of uh, spidey minutia that we love so much on this show, um, <laughs> where he'll break down everything and include links 
uh, to even the most obscure stuff. I like it when I read it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it too. That's that's what that's my quote. That's my pull quote for your blog. I like when I read it. <laughs> that's like in the Muppet that one Muppet movie where it's like Ocean Breeze soap will get you clean. <laughs> so yes, the best thing I can say about Max Blog is I like it when I read it. I'll take it. <laughs> but does that mean that you don't like it when you don't read it? Well, it means that, to be honest, I don't read every entry in your blog. <laughs> but in the entries I have I just read, set you up. I'm sorry. That was, that was mean. I have basically a 100% satisfaction rate. I have never read a blog of yours and not liked it. Right on. Yeah. All right. And, uh, and... So until next uh, Spidey time, uh, I'm Jack. I'm Corey. I'm Matt. And the wages of cinema is death. Hugs. And <laughs> actually, that's that's a Star Wars sound. I was trying to do like a Spidey sound. Swip, swip, swip. There you go. Excellent. Swip, swip. Good night. Spider ham, spider ham, friendly neighborhood spider ham. Spins a web, that's the gig. Kind of weird cast, he's a pig. Look out. Here comes the spider out! Life is the play to begin When trouble's in the making You'll find the spider Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse What a pig I'm right here Only in theaters December 14th Rated PG